At the last local elections, there was a 30% turnout. 40 years ago, it would be between 60 and 70%. There's been a fairly strong narrative that politics isn't sort of for young people, that it, you know, it doesn't reflect us, it doesn't represent us. I've expressed my opinion. I've tweeted, I've done a blog. Three tweets isn't worth a vote. People have, have fought and died so that I could have the right to vote. Respect for law, a respect for justice. A lot of these values that we uphold as British values are not intrinsically British. We are still holding on to this imperialist idea. If we're still on deployments in areas where we used to have colonies. Hello, welcome to Liverpool. I'm here in the council chamber in the wonderful Liverpool Town Hall, built as far back as 1749. And with a specially invited audience, we're going to discuss values. What does it mean to be British? And are there any particularly British values? And more to the point, from the constitutional point of view, if there are such values, do they belong in the Constitution? So do get involved. The address is in the top right-hand corner of your screen. But for now, let's get involved in the debate here at Liverpool. Jackson Ong, you're the Conservative candidate for one of the seats here in Liverpool. What do British values mean to you, if anything indeed? Interesting, I think it's a very um, subjective sort of view and set of values, but for me personally, it's really about hard work, compassion, diversity, entrepreneurship and big dreams. We work hard, we create jobs and we innovate. These are clearly British values that many countries would like to copy. Okay, so give me Three words to describe three of those values. What kind of perseverance, entrepreneurship, what are they? I think hard work, diversity and entrepreneurship. Hard work, diversity, entrepreneurship. Richard, do you recognise those? Richard Kemp, Lib Dem, uh, council uh, leader of the Lib Dems, I think. That's right, yes. Do you, do you recognise those or does that well, sound like you're a Briton? I recognise those three words, but they don't define Britishness to me. It's always difficult to define yourself. I have an opinion of myself which certainly isn't uh, repeated by my wife or the Labour Party in Liverpool. So what do <laughs> other, thing, other people say about Britishness and why they want to be involved with us? Well, I'm very fortunate to have the international brief for the Local Government Association, which takes me all over the world. We're now arranging to do some work in Africa to deal with issues of corruption, which is endemic in some countries. They instinctively look to our country to help with governance training to deal with the corruption problems. So I think that sort of tells us that there's a core of things, a respect for law, a respect for justice, uh, openness, transparency, a respect for democracy. Why are we good at some of these things? Because we've been doing them for at least 800 years. Yeah, so law is one of yours. Jackson wouldn't disagree with that one, I No, think. I wouldn't disagree. Diversity, he mentioned. Diversity as well, those two at least work. I, absolutely. Democracy. Uh, Martin, Greens, Oxfam you work with, I, I think. I did, yes. I think they'd have spotted that you were Greens, even if I hadn't introduced you as Greens, if I may say so. Congratulations. I think everyone's watching on colour television. Yeah, you're either very <laughs> Irish or very Green, and I think it may be one of those. Yeah. Do, is this a Britain you recognise from your perspective as a Green activist? It's very funny because um, I think that the... Um, attributes that were mentioned before could be uh, given by any European country and North American countries as well. I don't think they get to the heart of what is distinctively British. Um, and indeed, I would question a little bit about democracy even in this country, because although we're a democratic country, the second chamber is not democratic. We have a constitutional monarch which hasn't been elected by anybody. 
Um, so I think the democracy in the country has got a long way to go to catch up with some of the other countries that are neighbours to ours. I would say that um, justice and fairness and um, a uh, social fabric is very important in this country. I'm thinking of the NHS, the way we pull together and, and share resources, work together to do things. Um, I, th I would say that's a very important attribute that's uh, distinctly British. So there's quite a lot on that menu when we come to you. We suddenly... I'm not meaning this disrespectfully, but we have things like welfare. Yes. We have things like health. Yes. Hannah Baker, you're the Liverpool Hope University Students' Union president. That's right. I guess you, Dad. Oh, education is a value. Um, education is definitely important, but I think I agree with Martin on that um, a lot of these values that we, that we uphold as British values are not intrinsically British. So... I think um, welfare, definitely, um, the NHS, social, and I think that education is a social right as well. All right, so they change over time. We'll come to that. But Harry, I should bring you in too, because you're a University of Liverpool student president, sort of the opposition you find <laughs> over students. Do you think we're now adding too many values, or would you like to throw yours in? I think you could ask probably each one of us on the panel what our values of Britain were, and we'd probably all come out with very different things. and when you ask sort of another member of the public, they'd have a completely different vision as well. And so, you know, the issue with British values, they're either too woolly to be sort of, you know, meaningless or they're either too prescriptive so that they're not like, as Richard say, they're not, that's not my Britain. Well, we've got a problem here because that's how Jackson started by saying they're subjective. You said, this is my values. And then we run around and we have all these people sort of, as it were, with their own perspectives, which generates their own values. But you can't, can you, John, John Sawyer, a barrister, works at Liverpool Hope, you can't write a constitution on the basis of everybody's subjective values, can you? We have to impose order on this. How would you impose order on it? Well, the, uh, the, the role of values clearly in relation to law and constitutions has important parts to play, otherwise the laws um, just become uh, uh, dry and arid and really have no so, uh, social context. But one of the problems with trying to kind of list those those values is that the list itself becomes dry, often self-contradictory, uh, whether it's long or short. I, I have a great deal of sympathy when, uh, with uh, uh, Richard when he talks about um, this sort of cultural story we have, that narrative. Um, that, and if we were to sort of think and conceptualise our, our laws um, and our values in terms of our cultural history and the narrative, then th there's a story to be told. So again, I'm, I'm suspicious of lists. Mm -hmm. I'm suspicious of, of uh, what those lists actually mean, although we can all come up with lists and those lists have, have, me have meaning for us on an individual sort of basis and probably define, uh, do a great deal of work to define what we, we would like to be doing with the ought, but I don't know about what the is, the, mm. but the is is to be found in, in our cultural history. Supposing we say our values are rooted in our past, which seems unexceptional, sensible even, does that mean that values change? Because once upon a time, look at Liverpool, our values were about the Navy, about abroad, but we might call some of that piracy today, and we might call it slavery. So do countries change values over time, do you think? Um, I would say that our values do change because I, um, as a woman, I feel it's a basic value now that we have um, the right for everybody to vote and that, but it's only a hundred years that um, women have had to fight for that vote. And yet that's something that we count as a, a very f basic fundamental value. 
Um, but another thing I would say is that I don't necessarily agree with saying that because values are shared by other countries, particularly our European neighbours, that mean that they're not British. I think it's a good thing if they're shared by our neighbours and you do tend to sort of align yourself with other people who share similar values. So it doesn't mean they're not our values as well. Yeah, it's losing at football while expecting to win. Uh, yes. That's a kind of, that's, a, that's at least being an English brave, value. Being brave about it, yeah. Voting matters to you, doesn't it, Hannah? Voting. Do you think voting is, in fact, a key value, or is it a reflection of a key value, which is equality, you know? It's definitely a big issue for me as a, as a young woman, um, realising that people have, have fought and died so that I could have the right to vote and so that everyone can have that right. Um, the, the problem that we're facing at the moment is that young people are not engaging with that. There's been a fairly strong narrative that politics isn't sort of for young people, that it, you know, it doesn't reflect us, it doesn't represent us. And when that sort of narrative is pushed, it makes it very hard for sort of students or young people to say, oh, well, you know, then I will vote. And because it's, you know, it doesn't play into their narrative, their understanding of what, what it means to be British or yeah. what it means to be a citizen. I'd actually disagree with that because I think that we're going in reverse. When I was a student, even before when I was a school student, Thousands of people would march. There was a big involvement and there was a big turnout from young people in elections. If we look now at this city, at the last local elections, there was a 30% turnout. 40 years ago, it would be between 60 and 70% in every ward in the city. And that's worrying for democracy. So if democracy is a value, and we're pretty clear in saying it is, especially as we now recognise the right of all to vote, values come and values go and one of two things is happening either people just don't care or fashions have changed and it's become something which is now too hard to do three tweets isn't worth a vote <laughs> and that's perhaps the way so i've expressed my opinion i've tweeted i've done a blog well actually at some stage in a democracy we have to choose people who are going to make difficult decisions uh, and that means going out and putting a cross on a paper. It might mean doing it electronically, but it means being involved enough to think about it and do something. Do you think that democracy is a value in this country? Are you from Britain? Uh, yes, born in Liverpool and um, lived here. I've, I find it interesting that we're associating a lack of voting with a lack of value of democracy. Um, in my observation, I wouldn't say that that's necessarily the case with young people in perhaps young people still value democracy, but they don't feel that voting is a way to express that value. So Russell Brand would enjoy a triumph if nobody voted in the election. That's the logic of his position, isn't it? Actually, he would regard that, from his point of view, as something of a defeat, but perhaps a justification for his argument, which is that there's nothing worth voting for. That's the point that I would say he's trying to make. I would agree with the argument that others would put that that's something of a, a lazy narrative. There are a number of uh, alternative parties out there that perhaps are um, speaking to people's concerns whether uh, we think they do that adequately or not. The thing I often hear in response to the big stop the war march against the Iraq war uh, way back when, and the big sort of thing that people say is, well, look, a million people marched and nothing happened. And I think that's true, but that fundamentally misunderstands the nature of the political process. And I think there's a problem there in terms of people's expectations of what politics can and should do. Right, but on that one, and Jackson, think about what you said earlier on, British value. Once upon a time, military power. 
More recently, your term, punch above our weight. Maybe this march is part of the creation of a new value, pacifism. So maybe what we're seeing is a change of values over a period of 10 or 15 years, whereby now, I think, I may be wrong, it's very tricky for any political leader in this country to send troops anywhere. I completely agree. Um, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, if this country wanted to go to war, the prime minister, the executive power could make a decision to do so. However, what we've seen recently with Syria, you know, the prime minister had to go to the House of Commons and actually get a vote. And it. didn't get it. And didn't get it. Because the culture is changing. And the nice thing about values is they explain how the culture responds to stuff and they feed into a constitution and didn't get it. So maybe as we grew a commitment to equality, which led to a universal vote, we're growing a different kind of Britain, a Britain that doesn't fight. That's a big change, isn't that? Is that a change you'd like? Well, I don't agree with uh, that because uh, I think it exposed to people the, the um, lack of integrity amongst the people that we have elected into parliament and positions of power. And it's followed along by the um, expenses scandal and many other things. I don't think we've become a, a country of pacifism, although I do think that in this modern era, um, the nature of warfare has changed and it's all about cyber warfare and things like that and the fact that we don't need nuclear weapons now because no one's using them. And what about you guys? Do you think that British culture includes a commitment to military power, a commitment to law? I mean, where would you, where would you stand on this? I don't think it's necessarily a changing idea towards maybe warfare. I think there, is, there is a sort of growing sort of non-interventionist sort of view, but the fact of the matter is we're, we're broke as a country. We don't have that resources to actually be that superpower that we were. So values are driven really in the end by money, in your opinion. Yeah. Values are fine, but if, take your point, the country isn't powerful, what's the point of having these values because we cannot execute them? Or if it is powerful, even if it isn't, and we have a voting system, which means that the democratic leaders do not have the power, why bother to vote? So there are ways in which our values cannot be translated into action and that causes people to be cynical about politics and about individuals within politics as well. Quickly, and then you wanted to come in as well. Um, I don't know whether you should say, well, our country isn't powerful anymore, therefore we don't have values. I think that's a complete one way to go about it. I think we should always try and stick to our values. And I welcome the fact that our country is moving towards a more pacifist valued country. I yeah, think values changing in front of you, and you welcome that bit. Yeah. Uh, I want to go back to the pacifism in, in the UK. We are still holding on to this imperialist idea. And our values, okay, the people themselves do no, no longer see ourselves as imperialists, we no longer see ourselves as militarists. But our military power is still trying to project that. It, we're still on deployments in areas where we used to have colonies. So is this a hangover of an old culture? I'll come to you now, Richard. Yeah. A hangover of an old culture, or is this the way the country is? Richard? Uh, I was with some Nigerian mayors last week who were pleading with me to try and get people in the UK to help them with the Boko Haram problems. Mm -hmm real problem with religious terrorists affecting three countries across the north possibly West caused Africa. by our intervention in libya which unleashed uh, all uh, this uh, dreadful uh, stuff uh, south I, I quite agree with that that's why i was also on the iraq war uh, march uh, for example so there is a set of consequences so not then a member of the labor party I i'm not a member of the labor party. <laughs> nor wasn't, ever wasn't then <laughs> never have been but if we then look at how we do work as an international power, we're the seventh wealthiest country in the world on, on GDP basis. We're the only country in the world 
which now is meeting the UN level of 0.7% of GDP being spent on international aid. And I'm proud of that. And that's partly because of our international roots. So I go to places like Nigeria, I apologise for the slavery which helped build this building. But people have forgotten that. They want to move on. They want to work with the UK. They respect UK for our values, which they define rather than we define. So it is a question of aid. It's a question of governance. It's a question of trade. Commonwealth, isn't that dead? Not in the minds of people from Commonwealth countries, it isn't. Absolutely fascinating. What worries me a bit about values and the Constitution is that if we had decided to draft the Constitution in 1749 when we built this building, we'd probably have put in the right to property. And we'd probably have included slaves as part of that property. And so I'm anxious, as we go ahead to draft a constitution, that we freeze today as a core value. But there's agreement here. There's agreement here that values change and that we fight for values. And sometimes we kind of lose values as times change around us. The discussion continues on our website, Constitution UK. This project lives or dies by the participation of people who may think they have no direct view on the Constitution, but who, when they intervene, find that they have. So it's crucial that everybody gets involved. Far, far too much power is concentrated in Westminster. And even worse than Westminster, it's in the bureaucrats of Whitehall. The rich are getting richer and richer and the poor are falling off the bottom. And I think that is wrong. There are many, many unaccountable powers carried by our own executive because the Crown powers still exist, but they've simply been transferred to other individuals. So maybe we can say British values need to be introduced from the bottom and driven up. But values are things that you live by, and you, you, if you live in a certain way and show those values, then people will recognise them.